Welcome everybody to Nerd Critic. Uh, my name is CJ. And my name is Jordan. This is a podcast about movies from the dual perspective of critical nerdiness. CJ is our resident nerd. And Jordan is our studied and credentialed critic. And this is an off-the-shelf episode about both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I think I said that right? Uh, Gal- yes. Yes. Guardians of just the one galaxy. It's not multiple galaxies. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, mostly because of uh, our uh, Sir, Sir Dave Bautista. Um, but also because we're overdue for talking about one of the more popular sub-franchises in the MCU. This and is a big one. It is. People, people love these movies. Including, because I promised her that I would say this, my wife's favorite movies in the MCU. Oh, really? She okay. loves wow. Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have a little baby Groot hanging from our rearview mirror. All so, right. Holding onto an elder wand. So mixing all sorts of stuff there. I don't want to say that... <laughs> My esteem of your wife has ratcheted down in the past few seconds, <laughs> so I'm not going to. I'm not going to say right. that. That's fine. Uh, yeah. No, she- that's that's unfair. I there are so many people that I respect that love this movie so these movies so much, uh, or at least the first one. So yeah, I think uh, it was it's the, worth talking about for sure. Uh, she was definitely disappointed in the second one, which we'll we'll talk about why. But uh, yeah, the first one was just such a pleasant surprise. Uh, it it just caught us both off guard. Speaking of the spoiler free portion of this episode, <laughs> um, it might be kind of short um, because I think almost everybody has seen at least the first movie. Seems like oh yeah, pretty much everybody. Yeah, I mean it's it's unlikely that you, dear listener, have not seen at least one of these movies. If you're listening to this podcast, I, I would be blown away if you were in like the 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 tiny little potentially non-existent category of people that listen to a movie podcast but haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's a very big deal. Yeah, if that said, if you haven't. Shame um, on you. If you ha- well, I mean, whatever. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy one or two, uh, here's just a couple of thoughts. Um, first, first, a question: Was the second movie as good as the first? Nope. But maybe still worth seeing. What do you think, CJ? If you haven't seen either Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and you're like thinking maybe I should go see the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, then do you see the first one? Definitely. Yeah, De- definitely. Yeah, definitely yeah, see yeah. the first one. And yeah, then do great. you? And then do you see the second one, or do you say no? Nah, I mean, it it depends on what your intentions are. Okay. If you, if you're trying to get a if grasp you, of if you loved the first movie, if you sure. see it and you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, that movie's it's like my favorite movie. Yeah. Then go see the second movie yeah. and lower your expectations also, significantly. Yeah. Also, if you're trying to get like, if you're really diving into the MCU, yeah, I mean, why not mix it in there? Uh, but I I it is not near as good as the first one. Uh, my boss will disagree, but you know what, Jonathan? You're wrong. Oh, (laughs) the gauntlet is on the floor. (laughs) What is Jonathan going to say? I don't know, Uh, but I'll probably come to work with a whole lot more of it. (laughs) All right. Um, So actually, to that point, uh, does the first movie hold up? Uh, I think it does. I think that... Uh, there is a level of enjoyment that people have attached themselves to because of the surprise that it was. Uh, no one expected this to be good. Marvel hadn't quite like established themselves as like nearly always making good movies. <laughs> like because they had they had uh, Thor two around the same time, and it was like, ooh, are they slipping? We don't know. 
Um, and so it came out and it was such a delight that the surprise added to the enjoyment. Absolutely. With it's a huge a, deal. Yeah. Huge deal. Yeah. Which, which is why I'm asking. That, I'm out, I'm asking, does A, does it hold up for people who saw and loved it many years ago uh, if they go back to see it and they I, haven't seen it again since? And then B, does it hold up if it's a movie that you haven't seen? Um, is it is it going to be a movie that you love the same way that people loved it when it came out? If you haven't seen it and you watch it, I do think that you'll like it. Um, I have. I a, think so. I think yeah, that's fair. I, think that's I, fair. I mean, I have a brother-in-law that hates sci-fi and he loved this movie just because cool. it's uh, you, <laughs> you have in your notes. Hint. Colon, the 80s are trending. <laughs> which <laughs> certainly were. Which, which I, well, they probably, I still mean, Stranger are. Things just was released. Well, you know it's I mean? season, season three. Yeah, it's true. And, that's we're, true. and we'll, we, it is yet to be seen whether or not season three is, uh, is, is successful. But that, we'll, yeah, sure. We'll see. Uh, but yes, I mean, to put, you could make the 80s are trending kind of the, 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 the tagline for this movie. I mean, it, <laughs> yes. it relies so much on that, yeah. on that, on the 80s heavily, references. Heavily, yeah. heavily. Uh, but I think people will enjoy it uh, and they will enjoy the rewatch as well. All right. Well, you know what? Let's start spoiling it for people who haven't seen it if okay. they don't turn the episode off. All right. Um, so, count three, one, two, three. You should not be listening anymore. And if you still are, it's not our problem. Okay. So, uh, okay. I actually don't know if I'm going to spoil it right away. I just uh, wanted to say that so that I don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, why did everybody love this first one so much? Uh, let's talk about the good reasons because well, there are lots of good reasons. The number one good reason. Well, there's two like two things that take the top of the list for me. Okay. Uh, and they work in tandem with each other. Okay. And that is Chris Pratt okay. and the music. Okay. The, those two things combined – was the success of this movie. Agreed. Um, well, no. And it, I think that this was the first movie soundtrack to hit number one on uh, the, on Billboard's top albums. Did it not just seem kind of like hipster to you the whole time, though? No. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best reaction. So... <laughs> So, so you were watching it thinking, well, this, okay. this feels I, like, I think there's, I think there's some, so, so here's my point. I, I want to say, first of all, you do I feel agree. rather resistant to this whole conversation. I, I'm resi- <laughs> I'm resisting these movies. I, I feel like the more time that goes by and the more that I talk about these movies, the more I resist them. And I'm trying to kind of find out, I'm trying to figure out why. And I think that it has to do with a, an overall sense of sort of entitlement or smugness that feels fairly palpable the more time you spend with these movies. And, um, but not to get too much into that right now, I want to agree with you first that Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt is a fairly consistent delight in the first movie. Yeah. And to your point earlier also about the surprise element, I think Chris Pratt was a surprise to yeah. everybody. Yeah. I think that people were... You know, wondering, well, what could Chris Pratt do? What a weird choice. And then yeah. it turns out he's real fun and Andy cool. Dwyer as an action yeah. hero? Weird. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think it, it kind of works. Yeah. And, and it definitely works within the very small microcosm. I, it's ironic to call Guardians of the Galaxy a microcosm. But within the larger context of the MCU, it felt fairly isolated at first. Definitely. And, uh, and, and within that small sort of universe that it had created for itself, it really did work, I think, really well. And um, Chris Pratt was quite charming. And I mean, um, it, it is really difficult to get these kind of space opera movies right. I mean, we've yeah. seen 
way more awful ones than we have oh, yes. good ones. Absolutely. And and this was a really good one. Yeah. Um, this is like a this is like a way more fun Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. Than it was like most Star Trek movies. Yeah. It was a Star Trek that that was okay be, being fun and being. I, I don't want to say it now, but it's coming to my mind. Hipster a little bit. All right. <laughs> uh, welcome to my world. Um, so yeah. So the um, the. The first movie was was really fun. It was really funny. Um, it had some problems, but they were mostly eclipsed by the surprise and delight of a really strong, um, uh, unexpected protagonist in Chris Pratt as Star Lord, and a a, a a pretty great ensemble. Like, so really we're, we're talking about these movies yeah. primarily because of Dave Bautista, <laughs> just because we're gonna have to talk about Stuber this weekend because there's nothing else that's coming out <laughs> and um <clears throat> and he as Drax is hysterical and um Bradley Cooper as uh Rocket Rocket is awesome mm-hmm. and funny and cool and Groot is a pretty good construction of thing he's a pretty, yeah. pretty great thing very endearing wonderful character yes yeah, yeah. really really good stuff and zoe saldana as uh gamora gamora thank you um is pretty great yeah pretty great yeah. i think in general zoe saldana elevates the character quite a bit from the way she's written i think she's written just okay but zoe saldana is fantastic and yeah. so it's just she's She's a real pleasure to watch on screen, too. So we've got a really strong cast. Yep. We've got pretty strong comedy. We've got 80s just smeared and painted all over everything. And we've got... Uh, oh, and and uh, and the uh, delightful... Uh, Benicio Del Toro? Oh. I was going to say yes, but I was also going to say... Um, uh, what's his name? The uh, the ship's captain that... Um, that fa- the the sort of pseudo father figure weird smuggler oh, dude. Um, yeah, oh, Mike, Michael Rorick. Yes. Uh, oh, Yondu. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, what name are you looking for? <laughs> the, the actor the, the or the name. character? Oh, yeah. either. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's Yondu. Um, Yondu is the character's name. Yes. Uh, I, I I hadn't been thinking about him until just this moment, or else I would have made a little note so I didn't sound like an idiot on our show, um, which happens every single time. So I should just expect it's going to happen at least once, if not half a dozen times. Anyway, the point is, he was great. Michael Rooker. Michael Sorry. Rooker he was fantastic, um, and 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 kind of made up for a really weak villain. So there was so much good stuff. And talking about like production design and world building, awesome. Great. Like one yeah. of the better, one of the yeah. more impressive feats in the whole MCU is the scads of world building that happens very quickly and very effectively and very bedazzlingly yeah. in and, very, yeah. And time. this one was pretty essential to the world building because it was kind of the introduction to, hey, like Thanos is possible. Yeah. There's and all these believable, other worlds yeah, and cultures like, and this yeah. pastiche of, you know, Cultures and yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a, <laughs> yeah. an amalgamation of yeah. pretty much everything that you could imagine, uh, and it, and it was it was really important, and it did it really well. There uh, there are some weaknesses. I mean, this falls in the dead center. If you know what, this probably falls at the top of the list of bad villains. Uh, that yes. like Marvel's biggest weakness is their villains, and this one it's pretty bad. Is pretty bad. You know, Lee Pace is awesome. Lee Pace is. Phenomenal. And just gets so 
Yeah. So squandered in yeah. this movie. Uh, and this is what's interesting about the, the Guardians too is it, it was a surprise in not only how good it was because it looked weird and it is weird, but in a delightful way. Uh, is that I'm? I think I've, I think I've established myself and and my reputation and my knowledge as a nerd pretty well. Before this movie, I had never even heard of Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> it was such I didn't a know that. yeah. Maybe you said that before, but I forgot. Yeah, it was such a uh, just random, deep, deep pull. Like I had not. I had heard of 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 more of the oddballs in in the DC universe, but like these guys were deep in 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 Marvel, and I had no idea what to expect, and that worried me. Uh, but uh, but they, I think they pulled it off really well. Uh, Ronan had played a, a role elsewhere in the Marvel universe, um, and so I knew him a little bit, and that was the worst part. So what I didn't know, I loved. What I did know, I hated. So mm. it was a surprise <laughs> through and through. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think I think that's a pretty good summary of why the first movie was so successful. Um, I want to talk about some of the problems. Okay. I don't think Chris Pratt holds up. In, in the I second movie? At, at all. Uh, Chris? I, even if you go back and watch the first movie, I think that oh. you're, you're – I think we're – I mean, this is, again, this is coming from a perspective of having seen and been delighted by the movie sure. the first time around. Yeah. And then going back to it and being like, mm, not really into it anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, I very much disagree. Okay, <laughs> I because th- this is uh, for me this there there is kind of a, a list of you know five movies that doesn't matter time of day, what day, what the weather is, what I'm wearing, anything. You can put it in and I'll be happy. Guardians okay. of the Galaxy is on that list for me. All right, okay, and and a lot of it has to do with the uh, the '80s, the tone and and the lighthearted of it uh and i think that will never go away i think that so i think that what's happening for me is probably to be fair it's probably more of a disenchantment with the character in later iterations so in the second movie and in infinity war and in endgame he falls apart hard in endgame for me yeah and so and so then i'm coming back and i'm thinking oh i think he falls apart in infinity war pretty profoundly um, and, and so, so that what that's doing is it's essentially reaching back and tainting my experience of him in the first movie, because now I feel like I know his character better because I've seen him more in more mm. situations with mm. more people. And so I'm like, well, I, I, I see through your facade of cool sure. likability. I think you're kind of an a-hole yeah. and I don't want to spend any more time with you. Yeah. That makes sense. That's kind of, that's kind of what's happening for me with his character. I still love Chris Pratt as an actor. I think he's, uh, I think that he's better suited to, the Andy Dwyer character, frankly. I mm-hmm. would like to see him do something else. I think he was really good in the movie Passengers, which nobody saw and nobody liked. I saw. I didn't like. I thought he was really <laughs> great, though. I thought he was really, Yeah, really he did good. really good. I want to see him in more of that kind of role where his strengths are really utilized. Yeah. I don't want to see any more action hero mm. and Chris Pratt. I sure. think it's a mistake. Interesting. I think that he's a better... Uh, sympathetic leading man. I could see him as a kind of a Harrison Ford type character. Yeah. Who is not supposed to be... Harrison Ford is not a grizzled action hero. Harrison Ford is an everyman. Harrison Ford is the guy who the shows up... Yeah, he's yeah. the fugitive. He's um, Han Solo, who Han Solo is not... Chris Pratt... So, Star-Lord is not Han Solo. This is a critical distinction. Han Solo is 
Uh, I mean, they're similar, sure, but like he took he did cite that he took some inspiration from Han Solo. Yeah, took some inspiration, but what we're what we're supposed to be seeing more of like an action hero, whereas Han Solo is just a scrappy dude who's just getting by. And so I don't want to see Chris Pratt in any more Jurassic movies. Oh no, <laughs> I don't want to see Chris Pratt fashioned as an action hero. I want to see him as an everyman leading man, maybe in a a big blockbuster, maybe in an yeah. action-styled role, but I see him more as the Indiana Jones type character, mm-hmm. the the, the guy survivor, the survivor. Yeah. Um, or better yet, I think honestly, better yet, uh, let's move just a, one half step away from comedy and let him do like a like like a a Jack Ryan type character. Mm. You know, mm. I'd be I'd be interested to see him do. Dude, things. he was great in Hurt Locker. He was yeah, he was really good in Hurt yeah. Locker. Yeah, I I can definitely see that. Um, I I like Chris Pratt being Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy. One from there, he he starts to fall apart. Uh, not only because his character becomes a little a little more and a little more unlikable. Like in in the second one, the only thing for me that was enjoyable because he has friction with the team, he has friction with Gamora. All of the things about him that we enjoyed in the first one get kind of taken away, except for he loves his mom. And that was the moment, you know, you about the second one? in the second, second one. Yeah. Yeah. In the second one where, where he turns because he loves his mom so much. And you're like, there's, that's a glimpse of the character that I loved. Or, you know, if we're going the fun loving route, him turning into Pac-Man, those were the kinds of things <laughs> that I'm like, that's the character that I want. Not this tortured daddy issued kind of character or yeah. this. Toward like almost, almost like clingy boyfriend in Infinity War. They've just done some things where like, or this jealous want guy in Endgame. He has like a, a lot of pretty massive character flaws, <laughs> and we don't get to spend time with the fun loving side of him and the the jokes and the gag side yeah. of him. It's there's he covers up all of these major flaws with jokes and gags, which. What maybe that's what he was doing in the first one, and maybe that's what you're picking up on is like this. It's this facade, um, but we we hadn't. I I like it because there it doesn't for me it doesn't feel like a facade because those glaring, you know, he is somewhat Han Solo in that he's only out for himself and he's like he's he's going to sell the thing and then he doesn't expect to be with these guys for very long and yeah. all of that. But then. You're right. It kind of taints. The other movies kind of taint his character. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the conversation, too, about Chris Pratt is to – and I'm not sure I can tease this apart entirely because what you're talking about a lot is uh, is writing choices in in the the – the, yeah, the movies, the movies that follow. It's also a, it's also an ensemble problem. Yeah, an ensemble problem, which is, which is a writing problem. Sure. And um, and and, but at the same time, I have to wonder. Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, last week um, we talked about uh, Spider-Man and we talked about Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. and how just wonderful Jake Gyllenhaal is. And even with the writing problems, Gyllenhaal is such a strong actor mm. that he can make you like him even when the character is kind of like not quite there. Yeah, And I think that's something that I haven't seen Chris Pratt do. Sure. When the yeah, writing is I really good... He's great. Yeah. And when the writing isn't quite there, I'm like, I don't like you anymore. 
Go away. Yeah, but but again, there there's a screen. When I say ensemble problem, I mean there's a screen time problem. Oh sure. Uh, where the it's like, hey, we get him for three minutes, and mm-hmm. like let's. He has to move the 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 plot along. We're gonna do, we decide that he's the one to move the plot along. He has to do this. He has to punch Thanos in the face when they've almost stopped him. <sighs> right. So it's like that. And the that's, most just exquisitely frustrating, and also unfortunately for Chris Pratt, and unfortunately for the character of Star Lord, that is probably the most devastating blow yeah, to his likability. Absolutely. You just don't... I can't like him anymore. Which then moves on to Endgame, and from the get-go, yeah. he is is just... No, not Endgame. It is Infinity War. From the get-go in Infinity War, he's jealous of Thor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got those mixed up, because he's he's not there in Endgame. Uh, in Infinity War, he's just... He's, he's jealous. It's, that's, it's like, let's play off jealousy as comedy. And so you don't like him because you love Thor. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves yeah. Thor. They've <laughs> really, like, in especially coming off of Ragnarok, like, you love Thor. And so if you have to choose between Chris Hemsworth and Thor and then Star-Lord and Chris Pratt, uh, sorry, dude, you're going to lose. You know what? You know what would have been an interesting choice? Uh, almost almost impossible. I'm not sure if you could pull, it, could pull it off with the character in terms of trying to maintain consistency and integrity within the character, but it would have been an interesting choice to see Star-Lord get a giant man crush as well. You know? Yeah! Even though Drax, like, had the big man crush on yeah. him. Yeah, Like, it's just not that no one was man crushing, but... Switch that. It would yeah. have been... Switch it or even just, like, give, give Star-Lord a different flavored man crush than Drax. Sure. And, like, have him be... Like intimidated and like, like he becomes the new Hasselhoff. Yeah, like or, he's wanting yeah. to like he's wanting to like impress him, and he's like doing these little things, and he's like embarrassed about it, and he's feeling <laughs> weird about how embarrassed he is, and he's like, yeah. and there's all kinds of that insecurity popping up, but it would be endearing. Yeah, because totally. But instead of like just outright competing and losing, yeah, because that's the problem is that he just becomes a loser. Yeah, and it's not losing in like a oh, it's not, no, it's, it's, like, like, it's like good. Like a, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like nobody likes you. Yeah, Go yeah, away. it's they they really it's, an, it's lost a total the it's a total yeah. loss. Yeah, it is it it's is a total loss. Really unfortunate. Um, anyway, we're not talking about Guardians of the Galaxy anymore. We're just talking about Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt. Yeah, and we're so, talking about Avengers and yeah, and all those other Thor again. <laughs> we got back around to talking about Thor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I do, I do like if we go character to character, I do, I kind of do want to do that because it, it's the ensemble it's such works. A, yeah, the it works really, so much really of well. The reason that the first movie is good. Yeah, and and uh, with with Drax, let's go to Drax. Drax ended up being something very different than I think what they planned on. I don't think that they planned for him to be the comic relief of the second movie <laughs> when they started the first movie. Uh-huh. Right? They like he and like I think that Dave Bautista did really well and what had surprising comedic timing. Yeah. Uh, and they decided to steer into it. Yeah. And like good for him because that character was in the first movie, that character was tortured at the death of his wife and daughter. Yeah. There's nothing funny about that. No. But they did really well. And then I, I think where Star Lord lacked in this in the second movie. Drax kind of made up. There were some. There was some comedy that didn't land with Drax in the second movie for me, um, but he did. They did really well. Like 
talk about having comedy hide the pain and they have the and then Mantis and Drax have this really sweet moment looking out and she feels his and she's like wow this pain is unbearable and you know like you're sympathetic because you're like he obviously lives with that all the time but he's learned he's found a new family Mm -hmm. in the Guardians of the Galaxy and that makes it really endearing Mm -hmm. I don't think Drax was supposed to be that I think that Dave Bautista uh, and the, and how he bounced off the ensemble made it that, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I I can agree with that. I uh, yeah, I think he, he is he is uh, un, uh, unexpectedly strong. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, um, for sure. Yeah, and if you're and if you're breaking down the characters, you have Rocket and and Groot, mm-hmm. uh, which. Um, yeah, I just want to go the larger Avengers picture and talk about how Rocket's like the Winter Soldier, but I won't. <laughs> um, the how the 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 sympathy of Rocket and like what they did with his character, they did a very similar thing as they did with Star Lord and made him in the second movie not likable. They mm-hmm. made him, yeah. b- but the the difference there was that he had a character arc with Yondu about this. Uh, I don't think I deserve love. So I do things to push love away from me because I don't deserve it because I'm not worthy of it. That's a really interesting story. And it, and it is sympathetic. And it you, is sympathetic. You, you do feel for him. You, yeah. You, you, yeah. Have, you have these moments with him. And not he just because he's a, a cute raccoon. No, he, like becomes, a, a he becomes a complex, yeah. uh, challenging, and and on, on some universal sort of level, relatable character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, they, and he plays off another... Another character, which I don't think Star Lord quite figured out how to do. I think they tried to do it with Gamora, um, but Gamora also had Nebula, um, and the chemistry. And I will say this too: I think in the first movie, the chemistry was never really there between Gamora and Star Lord. It was, it, it was, it felt very one-sided. It felt yeah. very Star Lord, kind of like having the hots for this, this sort of very bizarre woman who did not have any interest in him at all. Yeah, and when it, and when it's, and when. She did have interest. It kind of seemed like she was confused or faking it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then that sort of continued into the second movie. It was just very. I never quite bought in wholeheartedly to, to their relationship, which was which was devastating to some of those really key moments in later movies. Yeah, because that was a big deal. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I mean, in, in both Infinity War and Endgame, yep. there there's some essential moments with them. That didn't land, and you're right. It's because of that. Uh, what's weird is Nebula never landed to me. Mm, yeah. Uh, in either of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and then and Endgame did, which was odd. I, I don't know how they pulled that off, but yeah. the Nebula Gamora story never quite landed. No. I never really cared. I want Nebula to. I like. I'm waiting for Nebula to not be on screen because I want to <laughs> watch anybody else more. Um, yeah. The actress there isn't quite as strong. I mean, I think she's, I think she can, I think she's okay. Sometimes I think there's, I think there's some, there's certainly some characterization that's underdeveloped or, or poorly developed. I think that, uh, there's a little too much one dimensionality in like all of the female characters in these movies. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm going to, I'm going to throw right on like, uh, to James Gunn. Yeah. I, yeah. I think James Gunn is going to have to take most of the burden there. Mm -hmm. Um, because he had a ton of creative influence, and um, uh, it's it, I, I and I I get the strong feeling there's a there's a real strong masculine vibe through these movies mm-hmm. um, that I think is not self not super self aware, 
and uh, and sort of has a fairly limited sense for what female characters can do without necessarily totally recognizing that female characters are just regular characters who happen to be female. Yeah. So instead we get not one, but two badass warrior chicks yeah. who are sort of indistinguishable except for that one is more likable because we see her a lot more and she has more to say and one is less likable because she's not there as often. Well, and and the 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 likable is 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 prettier. Yeah. Right. They make oh, her. Yeah. She just more looks better. Yeah. She yeah. looks better. Yeah. She's uh, more aesthetically pleasing and therefore uh, has more value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I. I have. When going back, I have noticed that. Uh, you. The second you put. Uh, Nebula in the hands of different directors. Suddenly, she was a lot more sympathetic and popped more. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't think is a coincidence. And I don't think that's just a story thing. No. Uh, I think that that is the there's, way there's that some, the character is directing handled. and some, yeah, yeah. some yeah. director or actor relationships. Thing uh, there's, I mean, and you could argue that it's the first time we see Nebula with a father figure and there's that bounce off, which sure. makes her more sympathetic. But like, this is a sister relationship, like a, a twisted, intriguing damaged sister there, relationship. There should be something yes, there. Yeah. Like th- it seems like on paper, there's a lot to work with. Yeah. And once again, yeah. I don't want to complain about Frozen, <laughs> but you have failed to deliver on a good sister relationship. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> and that's then fair. once again, to go back to the movie Booksmart. Oh, yeah. And say, if you want two females in a movie... That are awesome. Yeah, go with that. Go watch that movie. Anyway. Um, yeah, and let I mean, Olivia Wilde direct the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah, uh, anyway. but James Gunn is back for yeah. the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I. so I do want to talk about... Some um, of the problems of the second one? The, some of the problems of the second one. Yeah. Uh, th- okay, I'm going to try to sum it up in like one sentence. Okay. They spend the, almost the entire second act on a planet with almost nothing to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I didn't peg that as as the major problem. The plot um, basically just stops for like an hour. Yeah. And they just talk yeah. and think about things. That's true. You're right. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Um, I, I have uh, both DC and Marvel have a character of sorts that is a planet. I am so bored with that idea. <laughs> I like I don't understand why that's fascinating or why that is cool in any way. I don't for DC it's there's literally a green lantern like part of the green lantern core that is a planet. And I just don't understand. Like what do you do with that? I don't get it. And so when they and but, but, Ah, 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 I'm getting all heated. When, because uh, uh, obviously, obviously, ego was going to be bad. You could feel it from the get-go. Kurt Russell is great, and he's attractive, and he's got the salt and pepper hair and beard. But and he it's turned great. the key on the ignition of the of the smarmy engine right yes, at the beginning. yes. <laughs> Like yes. right away. It was like, right oh, away. Oh, oh. Yeah. And then and like, oh, you were just, army. yeah, you, and it's like you were just, he's all 
all of the 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 creepy, all of the attributes of Star Lord that you're like, hey, with a slight twinge, this would be super creepy. <laughs> that is what he is. Um, all your worst traits you got from your dad. Who's yeah, a planet. <laughs> yeah. He's a weird, who's misogynist, a pretty rapey planet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he is. Uh, but it's but it's. It, well, the reason I get so frustrated is because they were kind of leading up. I did not like this porcelain uh, exposition kind of thing that they did, that they explained it. And it was like this porcelain thing that would rotate. And it was a, it was just weird. I it didn't think it fit the tone. Um, I, I get it was like colorful and it was him and he could do whatever and all of that. And like, that's fine. I didn't like it. I didn't like, I didn't think the tone fit at all. But then as they were going to like this, uh, this idea of like falling into the planet and going into the core of the planet, but then that's the thing that's trying to kill you. Then I was interested. I was like, you're, you're in... Well, something was happening for one. Yes, which so, is sure. Nice. It's always nice to see things happen in a movie. Yeah, yes, but it was like, <laughs> but then I was like, oh, cool. The fact that the planet is trying to kill you is cool because it's like it's kind of like a disaster movie, yeah, you know, yeah. the entire environment. It's like it's like if if someone is trying to kill you and you like decide to walk into their their fist. It's like, yeah, you're like inside of the thing that's it's trying to kill you. Strange credulity a little bit, though, because, because and that's one of the problems with having a character be a planet, right? Because then you're not watching somebody exert control over elements. You're watching the very elements themselves try to try to unmake you, which. Why did he fail? Yeah. <laughs> how like, could they not? How could you not yeah. succeed? Yeah. You have. You have the people you want to kill inside your body. Exactly. All you have to do is like squeeze. Yeah. And Clinch. Then and then, and yeah, then they're dead. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just have a nice sneeze. Yeah. And they're all, they're all dead. Yeah. I. So, but I was interested because. Clinch. <laughs> I was interested because they because that is the you know a, a convincing villain. Uh, not only is relatable and da 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 da, but is the villain that feels like he has all of the control. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's no possible way. That's what makes an interesting third act is that at the beginning of the third act, your hero doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. You're like, oh, how in the world is he going to do it? I was interested. I felt like that was, if this is Certainly a planet. Certainly those boxes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then what do they do with that? What do they do with this? They're inside of the planet that's trying to kill them. What did they do? They rebuild the human body of Kurt Russell and have him fight, like, fist-to-fist kind of Star-Lord. Like, they take, they're like, yeah, we're going to take this entire planet, this daunting entire planet, and we're really going to drive that home. In case you didn't know, this guy is the planet, and then we're going to make it the guy again and have you fight. And I'm like, what? And then even when it's like, oh, Star-Lord has powers, that's super cool. It's still, I'm now going to be a guy and then I'm going to build myself with this rock and still be just a bigger guy. <laughs> and then you're going to be Pac-Man and we're going to punch and but things are going to go blow. you are the planet. You are the planet. Like, find, oh, crush them. Like, yeah. it's like, it there made no sense. There was definitely a certain point, uh... Well, I mean, it, the movie had sort of already lost me, but there was definitely a certain point, like at that in the in the sort of climactic sequences of the third act, where I just almost entirely stopped paying attention because I was like, I don't, I mean, like, yeah. 
I mean, they're not going to die, so like, who cares? Sure. Like, I mean, and, <laughs> yeah. and 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 also like, they should die. There's no reason. This doesn't make sense. So yeah. like, why should I? Why should I keep watching? Why should I keep yeah. caring? Like they're like they're like take it if you're not going to somehow make the planet interesting. Have them have have them try to crush the the them inside of that ship that's an industrial ship, and then somehow they get out and they fly away, and then. There's a sure. different third act. Yeah, I don't know. But I just, you're right. I was pretty checked out. You know what the coolest part of that scene was? How the ship had those balls that would turn into lasers. Yes. That was cool. <laughs> and that's like a world building thing. <laughs> like that was the coolest yeah. part of, of that entire thing. Yep. And they had some fun gags. The Pac-Man thing was cool. Baby Groot not knowing what button to press was adorable. Like they, they there, there were strengths in it, but it was like, there, it was like, it was like there was really good frosting and sprinkles and a cherry and some Cool Whip, but like the cake was mud. It was yeah. like it was like everything on top was good, but the core was nasty. One other big problem. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, this is. Uh, I was just thinking of, an, of, a, of, a, of a metaphor um, that uh, a friend of mine has used in the past, which is Christmas lights on a corpse. Anyway. Yeah. Um, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, so, so one other big problem, once again, going back to Chris Pratt and not Chris Pratt personally, star Lord as the character. Um, the fact that he has a, a, a father who is a God, who is a, a small uni- G's, a, a, a universe or a, a, yeah, like a world-making god. He's a god, yeah. Um, but that's his dad. Uh, in the first movie, we have some indication that he's special. Star-Lord is special somehow. He can hold on to the Infinity Stone. He can Stone. hold on to the Infinity Stone. They say, you're not of a genetic makeup that we recognize. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, anyway, here's the thing. I can kind of, like, be okay with that if it's vague in the first movie. And the second movie, what we find out is that his... Dad is just a real, real powerful douchebag. <laughs> like a yeah. hugely, hugely powerful douchebag. Who, you know, who, what does he want? Do, just more. Yeah, he just wants he more. Just stuff. more. He just wants yeah. the whole universe to be him. Yeah. Um, Which is like the definition of douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> and so what we have here then in Star-Lord is essentially a trust fund baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically... Like a wall, he's basically like Donald Trump. He came. To, Whoa! He came to New York. Here we go. He came to New York <laughs> with only a million dollars, and somehow made his fortune. So, so that so like, the problem with Star Lord is that he is an unself-aware manifestation of like like rich white boy privilege. Which I, I really don't like identity politics, and I don't like talking about it, and I am a white dude. I'm a white dude in his 30s, and so are you, uh, except you're not as old as me. So I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, like, sitting here claiming to be anything other than that. I am that. Fine. I don't love talking about the privilege conversation, but if you're talking about white, white dude privilege, we're talking about Star-Lord. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about a guy who was born half-god and who is crazy entitled— and just by the skin of his teeth decides not to go full douchebag at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 mm-hmm. and be like a total nightmare demigod 
and like feed into this horrible worldview of making all things like him. Yeah. Which so like so are we so we're supposed to give him a big pat on the back for not doing that? <laughs> it's just it's it's so it's so frustrating because it seems like it's it's just a low bar to clear for a character, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, it's just hard to relate. It's hard to be sympathetic to a character who has like so much power and is kind of such a jerk and like then just barely doesn't be an ultimate jerk and then like it, I mean, he doesn't say it, but you kind of get the sense that he's sort of like, I mean, at least the story seems to expect congratulations. Like, and by nature, because he's the protagonist, yeah, I I feel like I'm, I, as the audience, like, I feel like the movie wants me to congratulate him at the end. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a reason that the, like, one of the most requested offshoot or like TV shows or movies is Yondu. Uh, because I think that Yondu is a is a much, much more interesting, much more character, interesting yeah. character. Yeah. So is Gamora. Um, yeah. So is Gamora, and but and they explore that in Infinity War and stuff. Yeah. Like I'm I'm, I'm not saying Gamora hasn't been served, but like sure. this is yeah yeah I I but I am These interested. Are examples of good characters. Yeah yeah I am interested in in Yondu's character who. You know we we discover picks up this kid is a, a kind of a mercenary, you know hand for hire kind of guy and picks up this kid and then is like you know what. Your dad is a super douche. I'm not going to take you there. Uh, But I don't know how to be a dad, so you're just going to join my crew, right? And then their relationship is what I wanted to be explored. Side note, we're supposed to have some sympathy for Star-Lord because he grew up without a dad. But he didn't. Well, he was turns in, out he had a pretty good dad. A pretty good, yeah. Yondu. Well, and it was. I think we're supposed to have sympathy for him because his mom died. And, and, yeah, and also his and mom he was died. kind and of an was, orphan, yeah. scrappy kind of. <laughs> but the see, only evidence, his face the only right evidence, the, the, the only thing that we actually see is he had a mom who loved him desperately and then died early. Okay, that's sad. It's sad to have your mom die early, but also your mom loved you desperately and then you got kidnapped by a guy. Who treated you real good? Yeah, <laughs> uh, to save you from protected you, you to protect to protect yeah. you from your father, who is almost all powerful and gave you half of that. So yeah. you're also like pretty dang powerful. Yeah. Like, I it's hard for me to have a lot of like. It's just hard for me to to like to feel a lot of like pity or sympathy or like I. He's never really an underdog. Is the thing. Yeah. Like never really is he an underdog, except for when he meets Thor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he loses. Yeah, uh, or and Thanos. Yeah, and uh, Thanos, which he almost won, and he like threw away the victory because he was an entitled trust fund baby. Anyway, <laughs> I'm done uh, hating. I'm done hating I, on Star Lord. I just really, I you know, it's that's the thing. As I was saying earlier, like the more time I spend thinking about and talking about these movies, and particularly because of the 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 emotional and thematic core at these movies, is Star Lord. I mean, they're about him. He, he influences everything about these movies because how could he not? Because he's the main character. I like them less. Yeah. And I'm bothered more by what they are kind of like obliviously doing as movies, as yeah. stories. Uh, I'm going to tell my wife not to listen to this episode. <laughs> uh, but I but I do. Sorry. Sorry, Jess. Here's the thing. <laughs> I like Jess a lot. Jess is a really great person. And, and I consider her a dear friend. And... Uh, and I don't, and I don't, and here's the other thing is I don't judge anybody for loving these movies. I think there's so much to love about. There are the a first lot one. of fun. There's a lot, there's a lot to love about the first movie. So much to love that like I would, 
and I wouldn't even be in a, I, I don't think I would even be the kind of person who'd be like, oh, I don't want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's, it's a fun movie. It's yeah. really great. Like, yeah. there's a lot to love about it. And even the second one, there are some things to love about it. Um, and so I'm not going to, like, poop on anybody who really loves these movies. Even people who are like, yeah, they're like some of my favorite MCU movies. Which is a fair statement because they're way different from any other MCU movies. Yeah, totally. And so, like, if they're, if they're your favorite, well, that's, that's yeah. I mean, to uh, To sure. be fair, on uh, also on that list of rewatchability in my house is Star Trek. So... There's sure. definitely a pattern. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this yeah. is a genre movie that that uh, has appreciation in the uh, in the Lindsay household. Yeah, I mean, and and they are fun. The music is enjoyable. You can listen to the soundtrack and like and feel the same feeling that you do when you watch the movie. And Star Lord's a goofball. There's a, there's a lot. It is a, it's a very easy movie to fall in love with. Uh, but there are some some structure problems that usually are not there in Marvel movies, and so uh, it's hard it's hard to, for for me and obviously you to completely shut the mind off. It's not like it's not like a Fast and the Furious kind of shut your mind off. Like it's trying to be a little more intelligent than it is. Yeah, and that's what kind of rubs you the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I can still have fun watching them. No question. Yeah, yeah. There, and I think that's probably if I was to sum up my feelings, it would be that there's there's a there's an assumption of self cleverness in this movie that I think is unwarranted, which falls into that entitlement yeah. that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. I get that. So anyway, but yeah, uh, in general, I I'm I, I'm grateful that Guardians exists. The first one, absolutely. I'm, 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 I think it's a really cool thing in many many ways. Like like overall, my impression is still positive, even though it's not my favorite. And I have problems with it. Like overall, it's a real, it's a really cool movie. And, and I am and excited it works for the, really, really. Well. I am excited for the third. I I hope I'm hopeful about the third, but yeah. you know we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but one thing is for sure, and that's that Dave Bautista is going to be in some more movies. He is, including Stuber. Stuber, in which he will try to convince everyone that he is more than Drax. That he is the next big thing to come out of the overbaked world of WWE. <laughs> yeah, although uh, I have seen the trailer a couple of times, and it does feel like Drax in the trailer. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. Um, but I I I think I have a little more hope for this movie than you do. But I, I we'll don't see. know. I don't. I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to to keep myself as much as it is possible, which is not very possible void of expectation i'm mm-hmm. not gonna like expect it to be great i'm not gonna expect it to be that bad i'm just yeah. gonna go see it yeah we'll see what happens see what happens yeah uh if you have any suggestions for off the shelf uh episodes which we more than welcome uh we would like to know we we'll want to happily ignore you. them yeah <laughs> yes uh so let us know uh facebook instagram uh our newsletter uh you can reply to it uh, but first you, you gotta get on it get on it uh, and then if you're listening on Himalaya, uh, that's great. That is awesome news. Uh, I know we keep saying this, but we're not lying. There is some cool stuff coming <laughs> and it will be coming through Himalaya. So if you're not listening on Himalaya, that's fine too, but maybe consider checking out Himalaya. Just it's try a, it out. it's Just a, try it's out. a great app that's and good. we have some cool stuff coming. That's right. That's right. And I think that's it as well. I think that's all we've got. Yeah. Um, so. thank you. So who? Um, uh, Michael. Michael. Uh, Bon Miller. That's a weird last name. Yeah. Uh, if if I ha- if I don't say it every week, I would not like I the way you spell it. It just I wouldn't have said it that way. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. You know what I'll have to do? I'll have to ask Michael Bon Miller 
what that last name is. I don't know where it comes from. I'm gonna yeah. That, that, that'd be maybe yeah. maybe ger- yeah. maybe German. It, I was gonna I was gonna say I was gonna say German. It's gotta be Europeans. It's I mean it's gotta definitely. Be, it's gotta be like maybe it's maybe it's anyway doesn't matter. Uh, what it matters, what, what matters him, maybe. Yeah, what matters <laughs> is that he's uh, he's, he's responsible cre- for the great music. That is that is great indeed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then one last thing, please remember to collect movies like a nerd and rewatch them like a critic. And cut.